What is going on? It is finally college football game week. I know, I know we had UCLA and Hawaii and we had Fresno State just absolutely obliterating a team that hadn't played football uh, since 2019. So we're going to call it officially game week. We're going to go with the ESPN.com and all the other official sites to say last week was week zero. This Saturday, we have Miami and Alabama. We have Clemson and Georgia on the docket. We have a full slate of college football starting on Wednesday and going through Monday, almost an entire week of college football coming your way. We're so excited to be bringing that to you here on ESPN Radio. Of course, we'll have plenty of games coming to you throughout the week, along with the Braves, who we'll dive into coming up here in a little bit as the Braves had a pretty big weekend against the San Francisco Giants. So, so much to dive into here on ESPN Radio. Glad you guys are hanging out with us here on this Monday afternoon. We have some superlatives to get into for the college football season. That will include some predictions. Uh, we have some quotes from Georgia head coach Kirby Smart and quarterback JT Daniels. They were interviewed today, so we'll dive into those here momentarily as Cam Urshery joins us here in the studio. But again, so much to dive into on the show today. Big show coming up on 3 and Out a little bit later. We'll be joined by Orson Charles, former Georgia tight end and NFL tight end. He'll join us and give us his perspective. He played uh, against the Tigers back in the day. And then speaking of the Tigers, uh, we'll be joined by former Clemson defensive lineman Rennie Moore, also former Camden County Wildcat defensive lineman. So we'll break down the big matchup coming up in Charlotte with both of those guys. But as I mentioned, Cam Urshery, kind enough to join us here on second down as we wait for him to pull down his microphone. Cam, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, no problem. No uh, problem. Look, busy morning? Yes, busy morning. Had to uh, make some business runs. You know, busy morning. You know, man, my man's just staying on top of it. So, so much again to dive into. But, hey, it's finally game week. We, we had game day last week, which I thought was cool. They did it from the old Turner Field. Now, I think it was Georgia State Stadium, and now I'm pretty sure it's named after a credit union or a bank or something like that. But we had game day. It was good to see Lee Corso back. It was kind of like a warm-up Saturday. Mm -hmm. how, how much football did you consume this past Saturday? Um, honestly, not really a lot. Not a lot of football. Hawaii and UCLA didn't do it for you. Oh nah, uh, I seen that was a that was a pretty pretty bad blowout um, with Hawaii and UCLA. But I mean, it, it didn't really do much for me. I'm just glad football is back. I got to catch some of the Falcons uh, game yesterday. Saw Pitts get his 27 yard scamper and yeah, he got his one touch and that was it. And, and then Josh Rosen, he he looked um he made a, a few and. Impressive throws. I said, that's my QB2 right there. Oh, so, he's already like locked up as your QB2 yeah, right he, now? I, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit biased. I don't, I, I, I don't think he's gotten a fair shot, but I, I consumed a little football, but definitely a big dosage of football this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to be locked in from about 8 o'clock in the morning until midnight, maybe yeah. even later. Yeah, depends on if I'm up chasing or not. It's going to be a – yeah, it, it depends. If Clemson – if, uh -oh. if Georgia beats Clemson – you know, I, I might do my own celebration by myself because I, I, I want to be by myself watching that game. But if they Just lose. Just in case they lose, yeah. Um, if they lose, you guys could catch me at <laughs> Cam Urshery ESPNC. Uh, I, I'll be, it'll be a lot of dialogue. You'll be in your fields on Twitter? Yes, I'll be okay. very upset. I'm, you know, calling people out. I'm 
pretty upset, man. So we should we should do a Instagram live. That seems dangerous. After the game. It's that's dangerous. It could go that seems that seems really dangerous. It could go really good. You, you might be really emotional. It go really good or really bad if they win. That might be a good idea for content, yeah. but it could it could be really <laughs> dangerous, like Cam's last night on at ESPN radio. <laughs> nah, nah, it won't get that bad. It won't. Um it'd be good for content. If they win, it would be a definitely uh it'd be a positive live stream. If they lose, it'd be a lot to dissect. Uh as I quote it here, this is going to be a big game for them. I I think it's I know you don't agree with me. I think it's make or break, man. You got to win. This is a must win for Georgia. It's it, it's literally not, but it, in my opinion, it does because I think it's a tone setter. It it pushes you over. For those the of you edge. at home who can't see Cam, he has like both hands clenched right now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm I'm big about you got this. Got a whole week to go. You gotta you gotta you gotta. I'm gotta big. Stay even. I'm big about this. This is a tone setter because if you beat Clemson. Now, the landscape of college football is like, oh, okay, Georgia's they're they're they're, they're not playing this year. This is not regular that. Georgia, you know. This is not Georgia where they lose to South Carolina on homecoming. This is Georgia like they're here. But if you lose to Clemson, it's going to be the same old. Ah, oh, Georgia can't beat Clemson. They can't beat Bama. They always four or five ish. They're there but not there. So if they win this, it's going to be huge. Huge. Again, we, we have some quotes to dive into from Kirby Smart and from JT Daniels. Also, Nicobe Dean uh, took the microphone stand as well. So we'll dive into all of those. But, man, just looking at it, I said, starting Wednesday, you have football on Wednesday, 730 ESPN, UAB versus Jacksonville State. That one in the Montgomery kickoff. UAB is a program to watch. They're obviously not going to be competing for a college football playoff berth, but they're a program that their school was ready to completely shut down football yeah, I remember. And that. the community and basically the entire country got behind them. They brought it back, and now they're a really good football team. Uh, that one's on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I think we have a really good slate. Uh, you have the Citadel at Coastal Carolina, which you're like, you're talking about FCS school. At, mm-hmm. it's like Coastal Carolina went undefeated last year yep. until their bowl game, and the Citadel beat Georgia Tech in the not too distant past. Wow. So I think that one should be an interesting one. Boise State, UCF. Now I'm, that yeah. I will watch. I'm shocked that, no, that neither one of those teams are ranked. Uh, also, how about this one? Ohio State, Minnesota. Mm. 8 we're, o'clock we're, on Fox. Where at? In, at Minnesota. Rowing the boat with P.J. Fleck. Okay, now. I, I, I mean, I don't know how good Minnesota is this year, but, you know, they were good a couple of years ago. Okay, now. Get our first look also on Thursday with Josh Heupel in Tennessee. They host Bowling Green. That one's also at 8 o'clock. So Thursday should be really good. And then Friday, we have football on Friday as well. Obviously, we'll have football here, and we'll announce soon which high school game uh, we'll be going to for ESPN High School Game Day. We have a really good slate coming up on Friday. Uh, But in terms of college football, about North Carolina, Virginia Tech at 6 o'clock. Beautiful. You get done with three and out. You obviously keep the radio on ESPN radio, but you flip over on the TV. North Carolina at Virginia Tech is Sam Howell for real because he lost – his top two rushers, and his top two leading receivers. I think Virginia Tech's a good tune-up, too. They, I wouldn't even this say that is, uh, That's a good matchup. For Justin Fuente, this is, I think, a make-or-break year. I think he's one of the coaches mm-hmm. that's on the hot seat right now. Uh, also, coming up on Friday, uh, you have Nor- or, excuse me, Michigan State at Northwestern, which, again, unranked teams, but uh, you're starting off with a conference game, and Northwestern played in the Big Ten Championship last year. I mean, they let – God, why do I, I'm already forgetting his name. The running back from Oklahoma – that transfer to Ohio State. Oh, uh, uh, Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon, thank you. Yeah. Trey Sermon run for like mm-hmm. 800 yards. 
against yeah, them in the Big that. Ten Championship. Yeah. Uh, so Michigan State, Northwestern on Friday, and then obviously the Saturday slate's just nuts. But I want to kind of like set up like the viewing experience, right? Because at noon, you have okay. Oklahoma at Tulane at Oklahoma. Tulane at no, Oklahoma. Oklahoma at Tulane at Oklahoma. Okay, you just... Yeah, you have Oklahoma. Okay. At Tulane. At Tulane. At Oklahoma. At, at Oklahoma. So... Huh? Because of the hurricane <laughs> rolling oh, through okay. the Gulf Coast, they've had to actually move that game okay. to Norman, uh, but Tulane that technically sucks. still the home team. That you sucks. were going to have Oklahoma at Tulane. Yeah. But that sucks, though, for Tulane. I mean, for sure. I don't think Tulane. I, what I hope they don't do is I, I hope they don't just turn this one into an Oklahoma home game. I think that's what it's going to be. Pro I'd be curious what they do with the tickets, though, because obviously the tickets have been sold, but I wonder if just like people having to relocate outside of their homes. And, and yeah, that sucks. The, the hurricane as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah. prayers to everyone. Oh, that for sucks. sure. That sucks. Also at noon, though, number 19 Penn State at number 12 Wisconsin. At noon? At Woo, noon. You can have me waking up early that that's, Saturday. Look, it's, it's big noon Saturday. That's what and it is. Gotta what watch it. college game day. That's right. Uh, also at noon, Fresno State. They already got a win. No, excuse me. That's at 2 o'clock. Fresno State at Oregon. That one might be fun, but I mean, we're all going to be watching that Wisconsin Penn State game. Yeah. I think flowing into number one Alabama, number 14 <laughs> Miami in Atlanta. Steamroll. You think? You don't think? You don't give? You don't give Deer King a shot? Hey, look. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get really ugly. That defense, Nasty. Bryce Young doesn't even have to do much. Nasty. Yeah. Also uh, at 3.30, in case you're trying to flip channels, number 17, Indiana, Michael Penix Jr., see what he's able to do after he had the season-ending injury last year. They go up against number 18, Iowa. Again, that's also at 3.30. At Who's four on the road? What's that? Who's on the road? It's at Iowa. Oh, I like Iowa. That's going to be a yeah. good game. We'll do our picks on Friday, Cam. You don't have to make your picks yet. Uh, also, coming up at 4.30, I think this might be one of the shocking games of the weekend. Number 23, Louisiana mm -hmm. at number 21, Texas. Upset alert. Louisiana lost one football game last year, and I believe they have 20 starters coming back. Upset and alert. they have Levi Lewis. I, I'll, I think they have 19 because I think they lost two running backs. But they have 19 starters coming back, including Levi Lewis. Mm. And Texas is an eight-point favorite in that game. I think that one's going to be really close. Yeah. Uh, 6 o'clock locally, Gardner-Webb at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern kicking off their season. Uh, at 7 o'clock, Akron at Auburn. You'll get the first game of the Brian Harson era there for Auburn. And then just scrolling down a little bit, FAU at Florida. We get our first look at Emory Jones as the guy for Florida. You'll have Kent State at Texas A&M. Also getting our first look there mm -hmm. uh, at a new a new offense, I'll say. Uh, yeah, Haynes King for Texas A&M there. And a, a new look offense for Jimbo Fisher. Also coming up, LSU and UCLA at 8.30. So I mean, if like if I you think need, that's gonna be a close yeah, if you game, need something man. to go to, like just flip over to during commercials yeah. in the Georgia game. If you're a real college football fan, that's what you do. I think it's gonna be yeah. a, like a. I, I'm interested to see what kind of uniform game it is because I think it could be really cool, the like gold helmets and the baby blue uniforms mm -hmm. for UCLA versus like the yellow helmets and white uniforms and yellow cool. pants for LSU. I think that could be a really cool uniform game. And then we have Sunday football, Sunday night football on ABC. Number nine, Notre Dame at Florida State. So we get to see Mackenzie Milton for the first time as a quarterback for Florida mm -hmm. State. And uh, really the first season, Mike Norvell's been able to install all offseason uh, and get his program where he wants it. And then finally, in a really fun game on Monday, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, Louisville Ole Miss. Oh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Points. No Points. defense. 
straight shootout. Just dessert. Matt Corral and the boys. Matt Corral might have about 400-plus yards that game. Yeah, that's just straight, like, candy. That's just dessert. Oh, yeah, Nothing about that game is going to be good for you. He's going to love it. Lane Kiffin said they worked on the defense. We'll see, but I know one thing. He, he, yeah, Lane, he, he Lane Kiffin said at SEC Media Days, like, he's basically going on a diet until his defense improves. <laughs> he's going to get thin. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, you could just like real you could put thin. anybody. You could put me or you at quarterback, and we're at least getting 300 yards against that old Miss like, defense. I appreciate that. I mean, the shoulder <laughs> shoulder gets a little sore now. i got to really warm the shoulder up. But, uh, you know, I think, I, guess, you play, uh, I think I could still get slinging around a little bit. I'll play a little slot, man. Nah, nah, I got to go over the middle with the slot. Never you mind. Pretty much got to go over the middle, period. <laughs> You just gotta stay on the outside and run go routes. Exciting, uh, yeah! Exciting games, exciting games, man. I, I'm just glad football's back. The best sport out there. I love oh, NBA, sure. but football it 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 tops it. It tops uh, back. I'm just I'm just so happy college football's back, man. Like uh, NFL is gonna be really fun this season, but I'm a tortured Falcons fan. I'm just excited college football's back. Like I said, I'm excited for Louisiana, Texas. The, uh, right? I'm, no, I'm excited for that game. I really am. I want to see what Sarkeesian and I think they do did a, And I think they did a good job spreading out the marquee games for the most part. Like, they did. Again, if you just want to watch one game all day, you can start with the top 25 or top 20 matchup with Penn State and Wisconsin. And then once that's one, that one starts to get finish up, you have Alabama and Miami. And then once that one starts to wrap up, you go into Georgia and Clemson. And that Penn State and Wisconsin I mean, matchup, that might I'll be say, some Big Ten championship I'll, I'll say, implications. Yeah, it might. I'll say this. That's like eating chicken tenders, though. Like you're just like you go in, and you get the safe thing. That's that. Yeah. But if you really want some entertainment, there's some good. Like UCLA LSU is going to be really entertaining. Texas Louisiana is going to be really entertaining. Yeah. There's some other games that you definitely need to check out because just for the entertainment factor. If you just want to go straight through and, and just you know play the hits, play the hits. But I think you you got to download like the ESPN app or you got to have multiple screens open because there's going to be a lot of fun games coming up this weekend. We got more to come here on second down. We'll dive into the Braves. They take two out of three from the San Francisco Giants over the weekend and really use the long ball to do it. Also dive into the Falcons and Jags preseason. As Cam said, Josh Rosen within, I think, two practices, really. Uh, he, he had like one practice where he kind of got out there, but two actual full practices. Goes out there, completes 50% of his passes uh, in a preseason game against the Browns. Throws a really nice touchdown pass. Is he pushing Felipe Franks? For that backup job for Matt Ryan. We'll dive into that. And again, we have some superlatives coming up for this college football season that we'll dive into as well. So much more to come here on Second Down, presented to you by the Uniform Source. If you miss any portion of the show, you can check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or ESPNCoastal.com. And again, big show coming up a little bit later on 3 and Out. We'll be joined by former Georgia tight end Orson Charles and former Clemson defensive lineman Rennie Moore. So much more to get to here today on ESPN Radio. This is finally college football season here cam can't wait i don't know what's more offensive cam that you've never seen tombstone no i haven't seen it's or, a lot of movies i haven't or seen. or that you don't know who the boss is oh lord springsteen man come on i can't get away with nothing here we're just it's we right, do though. it because we love you and we just we want to expand your horizons a lot of people have tried. <laughs> well, we're not going to give up. That's what family's for. We're just going to keep being here fighting for you. <sighs> to the day I die, I guess. We're, listen, by the, by the time you're done working here, you're going to be able to quote Tombstone all the way through. And you'll really? Have, and you'll have Bruce Springsteen vinyl albums. Really? Be wearing like a bandana. Okay. Hanging out of your back pocket. That's what you say. Okay. 
Just have faith. I, I will. I will. Okay, I will. respect the pants today. The, the hot pants, literally. Fire red, man. Yeah, for those of you. Flaming. Again, for those of you who can't see Cam right now. Flaming. Just imagine like a Hot Wheel flames, but it's, it's, those are the shorts. So Cam came in fired up. Fired up. For a college football season. Passionate. We, we were talking about Josh Rosen there in the last segment, and I did want to dive into that a little bit more. Again, the Falcons signed him. I believe he got cut by the 49ers, or they. Yeah, he got. He got cut. Yeah, he got cut by the 49ers once they started rotating in. Uh, you see what they're doing? They're going like a play, like one play at a time with their two quarterbacks right now, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, basically running them in there like flexbone quarterbacks. It's been pretty interesting to watch, especially in the Jimmy NFL. Jimmy G should feel disrespected, but I I don't think so. I don't. Went to Super Bowl, man. Did Jimmy G go to? I mean, I guess he I'm not a Jimmy G fan. I, I guess he technically went to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't say he's the reason they went. <laughs> oh no, he's not to, to the Super Bowl. I think that defensive line probably had a lot running to do game. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a uh, man, I can't even think of his name. The running back who ran for like 200 yards Mostert. against Green Bay. Raheem Mostert. Yeah, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, that, exactly. Ran for like 200 yards against Green Bay. I'm not, you know, Jimmy G, don't feel too bad for him. He got paid a lot of money yeah, he to did. go out there to San Francisco. Now he might be getting paid a lot of money to be a backup. But again, the Falcons get Josh Rosen out of the deal, which I'm starting to come around to your thinking a little bit. Yeah. He, there, there's a lot of potential there. He's on his fifth team in four years. Yep. But right? only played with two of them in an actual NFL game. Right. Yeah. But again, he, he basically his team his first team quit on him within a year. Mm-hmm. They drafted his replacement the year after he was drafted, so he didn't really get a chance there. And now he's just kind of bounced around the league, and now he's with the Falcons. And mm-hmm. I think, kind of like you were saying, Arthur Smith is a guy who has a lot of confidence in his ability to develop quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If he can sit behind Matt Ryan, do you know who he sat behind last year? Um, Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, Brady. You know who he sat behind the year before that? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like it's the dudes bad. had some years to absorb some of the quarterbacks, and that's what he kind of talked about uh, yesterday after the game. Is he's in a really different place now than mm-hmm. where he was when he first came into the league, and he's had a chance to sit behind and observe how some of the greats have got it done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, say what you will about Ryan Fitzpatrick, the dude's been in the league for a long time, and wherever he goes, he ends up being the starter. So yeah, if you want to shake your head at Ryan, he's Fitzpatrick, doing something right. I was about to say, if you want to shake your head at Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's doing it again this year. He's the starter for the Washington Football Team. So. Uh, I think there might be something there. I think it's worth keeping him around. Now, we don't know if he's going to make the 53-man. If I had to assume, he will. I hope so. I thought he looked better than Felipe Franks has the entire preseason. I, yeah, I, I would hope so, man. He made some He made some nice throws last yeah. night that had you like – even the commentator said, that's a nice throw, yeah. throwing and, the run. And, yeah. if you can, and if you're going to keep someone based on potential, I'd keep the top 10 pick over the mm-hmm. undrafted free agent. I love yep. Felipe Franks. The dude – will hit you with a 70-yard run every now and then just out of nowhere. But when I talk about NFL quarterback, I thought Josh Rosen made some throws last night that looked like that's an NFL quarterback. And if he can sit behind Matt Ryan and really absorb this offense, all of a sudden you could be in a really cool place when you're talking about the replacement of Matt Ryan, whether it's next year or the year after or the year after, depending on how long Matt Ryan goes. You can have Josh Rosen, and then if you want to go draft a rookie, draft a rookie. Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks will be the same age when Felipe turns 24, December 22nd. They'll be the same age. So it's if you want to yeah. talk about age, they're and the he's same already age. he got, what, four years of NFL experience? Yeah. So he got drafted young. Wow. Well, he's the one who had, like, a hot tub in his dorm room when he was in college. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I think that's kind of been the knock against Josh Rosen was a little bit of immaturity, uh, but – Again, He's probably learned. You sit behind Tom Brady for an entire year during a Super Bowl season, and that now Matt Ryan 
And then you got the quote-unquote quarterback whisper. That's what people are starting to assume Listen, or say turned, what Arthur my, Smith is. Arthur Smith turned Ryan Tannehill into a <laughs> uh, top 15, arguably top 10 quarterback last year. He did, yeah. And he had one of the NFL's, if not the NFL's, best offense. Yeah, it's definitely Derrick, top five. Derrick Henry has a lot to do with that. <laughs> That's but a grown man. But again, Ryan Tannehill was slinging the rock around. Yeah, he was. We did get to see our first look at Kyle Pitts last night, too. One catch, 27 yards. It was, I mean, it was nice. And it again, nice. it was just you got to see pretty much all the traits. He lined up just outside of Hayden Hurst, came back behind the offensive line, just a little dump-off pass. You got to see him show off a little bit of the physique, muscle through a couple of tackles, but also you got to show off the speed a little bit where he's outrunning angles on NFL linebackers. So our first and only look at Kyle Pitts during the uh, preseason. Uh, what would you think? I, I think the run was nice, but I will pump my brakes on this. Um, he's going to he's gonna be one of those players that get better throughout the season. I think people expect him to come out the gate first game and have 150 yards. Oh, yeah, no. if he doesn't have, like, two touchdowns in the first game, people are going to be disappointed. People, people are going to be disappointed, but me, I'm looking at the small things, kind of like the eye test. Are you going out there? Are you making the right plays, making the right catches at the right time? If you're telling me he comes out, gets five catches for 70 yards, but he makes two crucial catches for us to win the game, that's what you like to see, but you can look at him and you can tell he's going to be one of those guys that get better and better throughout the season. And towards the end of the season, he's going to grow and get better. I think Atlanta fans, and particularly, you know, definitely my dad, if you're watching this, everybody wants Atlanta to win now. We're now the win now team. This team, they've built this team for the future now. If you look at how they've drafted and brought guys in. Yeah, we have Matt, but this is a team for the future that could kind of compete right now. But we're molding this team for the future, and now I'm I'm actually liking it a little bit. So okay. we'll see. Again, we'll we'll figure out what those final 53 man roster cuts are. If I had to assume Josh Rosen is going to make this yeah. team, uh, and it's just a question of do the Falcons roll with three quarterbacks or two quarterbacks? And I think that decision will come down to some of the guys that you have on the roster. I think they probably keep three. Even though Matt Ryan's Probably, yeah. really healthy. Like, again, we talked about, what is it, 200? Oh, where's some wood? I Hold on. Yeah, please. Yeah, but again, started 205 out of 208 games in his career. Yep. I think it was his second season where he missed yeah. a couple of games towards the end of the and season. And then two years ago when they were just bad, mm-hmm. they were just like, you know what, Matt? Sit out. Yeah, this isn't this isn't worth it. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what those final fifty three look like uh, over the weekend. Though quickly here, Cam, the Jacksonville Jaguars trade Gardner Minshew to the he Philadelphia was. Eagles, mm. completely clearing the way. I mean, some people are arguing that like he wasn't even going to be the set the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is, uh, but the the Gardner era Minshew is over in Jacksonville. Did not get a fair shot. Uh, he's not a horrible quarterback. What, his first year he threw 21 touchdowns? He went 500 and, and starting for Jacksonville. Yeah, 21 touchdowns, yeah. six picks his first year. Uh, and he wasn't drafted high either. 21 touchdowns, six picks. That's nothing to sneeze yeah. at. I don't want to accuse anybody of anything, but, I mean, it was pretty clear last year Jacksonville was tanking. The yeah, they, they were tanking. But him going to Philly, that's very interesting because we all know Philly is not 100% into Jalen Hurts. Yep. As sad as that is. I think is, it's wild because yeah. I think he might have a chance to kind of be like that next Dak Prescott where everyone yeah. can say, oh, he's a running quarterback coming in and all of a sudden you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this dude can throw. Yeah, because he he, he, the leadership qualities is like Dak. 
Dak doesn't wow you with his arms, but he leads well, and that's what Jay, that's that's a good comp. I never thought of that comp, but Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. That, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a second round. Yeah, pick. for whatever reason, nobody talks about their arms. I mean, Dak Prescott has one of the best arms in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, he has a nice arm. I, I don't, I don't get why they don't it, believe in Hurts. It's not Justin Hertz. Herbert, Aaron Rodgers' arm. Oh no, but well, I very, mean that's one of a kind. But though. very few people have that. Yeah, that's one of a right. Kind. But I, I think both of those guys <laughs> throw really good balls. Uh, speaking. I'm throwing a good football. Uh, I thought an interesting quote from JT Daniels over the weekend. Uh, he sat down with ESPN and he was talking to uh, he was talking to Jordan Palmer, uh, and a lot of people have critiqued him for saying that he underthrows the ball. I know a few times last year, like Arian Smith had broken out and he was wide open and they kind of had to come back for the ball. Think about Kyrus Jackson against Auburn having mm-hmm. to come back for the ball a little bit. Uh, well, obviously that was Stetson, but. Yeah, Arian Smith, again, in the Peach Bowl, had to come back for the ball. And there's a few passes where Jermaine Burton's had to come back, specifically against Mississippi State. But he was asked about that, and he said, quote, that's something I learned when I was a freshman in high school. Overthrowing a really good receiver guarantees he won't catch the ball. But if you give them a chance, it's 50-50. I thought that was an interesting quote for him because I just pretty much assumed last year when he was underthrowing these guys a little bit, it was he hadn't really had a chance to work with him and develop that chemistry. But apparently JT Daniels saying this is something that he does. Hey, look, um, I just – me with JT Daniels, he just played four games last year. So it's it's a, it's still development that needs to be made. If you could get past Clemson, I think after that you could develop throughout the season. And by the time you get to the end of the season where you got to play the Bamas and the, and the Clemsons again or Ohio State's in the – playoffs he might be ready but he still only played four games at uj and it wasn't against any you know top tier opponents he would go on to say we know what my strengths are uh my strength being will always be in the right play i think that was a pretty strong statement that's saying basically he has comfort signaling in and out of plays uh with this offense now he says i know what i'm going up against i know what i'm seeing and i can get our guys in the offense on the right page and be that primary distributor uh, and Kirby Smart actually followed that up, saying that's exactly right. I love the fact that he's a football junkie. He enjoys watching tape and analyzing the tape and knowing what defenses are in. Each week, I like to quiz him and say, what do you see out of this bunch, out of this group? Now, I think that's really interesting because when we spoke to him at SEC Media Days, this is exactly what he was talking about, where we were talking about, hey, what what is your first thing that you're looking at from a defense uh, when you step out there? Now, depending on which offense you're in, Mm-hmm. If you're in some of these spread RPO offenses, 90% of the time, the quarterbacks are keying on one thing. But JT Daniels' answer was completely depends on what the defense or what defense we're going up against, whether it's Clemson, whether it's South Carolina, whether it's Auburn, completely depends on which defense we're going up against and what they're trying to accomplish on offense. He could be looking at the safety, he could be keying on a middle linebacker, he could be keying on, on a corner walking up to the line of scrimmage. It just completely depends. But I love the quote we're always going to be in the right play. That shows me a quarterback that has a complete grasp of an offense that last year he didn't have a ton of time when healthy to dive into. Nah, I mean, that makes me feel good because even last year he came in in kind of like the heat of the season and he looked better than I've seen any quarterback play for Georgia the last two years. Um, I love Fromm. I love Fromm. Actually, I am one person that loves Jake Fromm. 
But, I mean, JT added just a different kind of dynamic to deep ball. You weren't man. overly stretching the field with Jake Fromm. Nah, but it was he good game some, managing. He could hit some stuff down mm-hmm. the sideline, 30, 40 yards, but you weren't having just the deep threat that you have with a JT Daniels. Nah, you wasn't having that, and that's what I like about JT. He kind of gives me a more controlled Eason. You know, Eason was exciting to me his freshman year. He had a big, nice cannon, but JT seems a little bit more mature. And I kind of, well, I, I kind of so. like that. I, yeah, I hope so. But I, I kind of like that he's a little bit more mature now. You just got to put that all together, and this is a, it's a big game. This would really, he wins this and throws about three hundred plus yards. We're talking about Heisman implications at Georgia. When was the last time we had somebody running for the Heisman? I'd say Nick Chubb, his sophomore year before, before he, he got, got hurt. hurt. Against Tennessee, okay. He was averaging like eight, nine yards per carry. He sure was. That season? Yeah, he was. It was just nasty <laughs> and unstoppable. I think that was the last time he really had someone he in the He would have broke um, Herschel record had he not got injured that year. He would have, longevity-wise, he would have broke Herschel record, in my opinion, because he was on a, a nice pace. Yeah, him and Sonny Michelle are the most prolific running back duo in the history of college football. Yeah, he was on a nice pace. Really, really nice pace. Of course, Man. uh course just to defend the, the old timers out there Herschel did it in three years that's okay and with less games per season <sighs> but Nick made I, I, I think Georgia went what were they 12 and 0 or 11 and 0 in 1980 and that's including the national championship you already you played 12 regular season games now I think I think Nick would have gave him a, the way Nick was running the ball back then though. No, I'm just I want to be like the old timers who Ooh. like say he's like yeah you're not the real home run champ because you play 162 <laughs> games back in my day Played 140. I mean, they have a point, man. I can't get mad at that. It, it, some some of that stuff champs. is a longevity thing. But if you're able to do what he oh, did I mean, in three years, listen, yeah. so much respect for Frank Gore. Oh, so much yeah. respect for Frank yeah. Gore. I get and what he's you're what the he has the third most rushing yards. But he's been playing in the history forever. of the NFL. He's not the third best running back to ever play in the NFL. Nah. I I mean, with all due respect, is Frank Gore top ten running back ever? Ever? No. Nah. No. Okay. There you but go. But I will say this. Maybe top ten most impressive things I've ever seen because I think the average lifespan for a running back in the NFL is less than two years. Yeah, and he's been doing it. He's going to be a Hall of Famer since the early two thousands. Yeah, he'll be a Hall of Famer. I think it's going to be close. He's not. He's he not sh- first I think, ballot. I think he should be. He's not first ballot, but he'll get there though. Just health wise, yes. and just as many teams as he's played for, and as mm-hmm. many snaps as he's taken at that position in the NFL. Yeah, I certainly mm-hmm. think he should be. We got to take a break, though. We'll come back. We have some superlatives to dive into for this college football season. All that coming up next, right here on ESPN Radio. Obviously, all of our thoughts right now with everyone on the Gulf Coast uh, going through the impacts of Hurricane Ida right now. We know y'all have all been through so much, been through this before. Our thoughts and prayers with everyone down there on the coast. I know. You haven't really had to experience it too much, Cam. Hurricane season. Uh, yeah, I did. Savannah State? Yeah, oh yeah. It'll get real. First year there, were I had you, to were evacuate. Were you down here for Matthew? Yes. Well, well, hold on, what year was that? It's a lot. We got Irma, Matthew. I was I was definitely here for Irma. I want to let me I see. I want to say Matthew was 16 or 17. Let me I'm looking at it right now. Yes, sir, I was. I was here. All right. They so sent us home for that month. That was one of the interesting experiences I had when I first moved down here was uh, the, the hurricane evacuation routes that you would see. Mm-hmm. That was pretty interesting. You had like the uh, – they'd have the, the pylons or the arms that would come down on certain exits that would cut you off mm-hmm. from exiting the highway uh, depending on what the conditions were like. So, again, all of our thoughts to everyone on the coast right now. Uh, 
prayers headed your way because we understand how bad it can get, and we know they're going through it right now. We've already seen LSU. Uh, they've moved off campus to continue practicing. We talked about it, Oklahoma at Tulane at Oklahoma. They're going to play that game in Norman now. So it's, uh, it's interesting because we've had a lot of football seasons before down here, uh, specifically high school, where you've seen teams have to play three games in two weeks because they were off for three weeks because of hurricanes. So, again. That sucks. We've been really fortunate this year, and we're grateful for it. But our thoughts are with everyone uh, in the Gulf Coast right now. All right, Cam, we have some superlatives coming up for college football. It's here. The season's here. No more previews, none of that. It's time to actually break it down. So the first one I need to know from you, Cam, in your mind, which coach is under the most pressure in 2021? This is easy. Kirby Smart. Really? The job security is not in danger, but you still think he's under the most pressure? It's not in danger. Oh, he's definitely under the most pressure. I'll make this quick. Clemson, not returning the starting quarterback. Ohio State, not returning the starting quarterback. Nor is Alabama. Oklahoma's bringing their starting quarterback back, but that's it. Georgia is bringing back their starting quarterback, uh, a decent part of their defense, and a lot of their offense back. They're, they, they have their core there. This is actually Kirby's year to win it all. Uh, you're playing essentially a, a year where Ohio State should be down a little bit. Alabama's never down, but if there's any year for Alabama to be down, it will be this year. Yeah, they have like their the freshman class right now is the greatest recruiting class of all time. So if you're <laughs> going to beat them the next three years, it's probably a year to do it. You might want to do it now. Yeah. And then Clemson, definitely, if you're going to beat them now, now is the time. If you can't get it done this year with this team, with these seniors, with this collective team you got, when are you ever going to do it? Uh, I, I struggle so much with that just because, like, if you look at Georgia's recruiting classes and the people they have coming mm-hmm. in, even if JT Daniels leaves, you have Carson Beck, who a lot of people have spoken really highly of. He's a four-star quarterback. If it's not Bryson, then you'll have Brock Vandegrift next year, who will be a sophomore. If it's not him, you have Gunnar Stockton coming in, right? So you're, you're loading the quarterback room. You have plenty of young wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, corners. Like So, I mean, just the way Georgia recruits, I don't know if they're ever out of it. But I do think – Kirby Smart is under a lot of pressure this year. Uh, there's a ton of people that we could go to. Like I said, we mentioned Justin Fuente earlier, Virginia Tech. Uh, I think he's on the hot seat. Um, I mean, there's some coaches in the Pac-12 that are certainly on the hot seat as well. But I want to kind of stay in the state of Georgia. I'll go with Jeff Collins. And I know a lot of people have been basically giving him the benefit of the doubt, saying, like, you're having a transition from Paul Johnson, and then COVID mm-hmm. hits, and you just you haven't really had a chance to start recruiting well, now that kind of goes out the window, and now you're in your third year, and now you're, it's your guys on the team, right? And you have a quarterback coming back, and you have a really good running back coming back, and you play a really hard schedule. And I think that's the – I don't want to say excuse, but I think that's the reasoning behind why a lot of people say you won't see a huge improvement in the win-loss column. I'm not overly concerned about the win-loss column with Georgia Tech this year. Can you compete? I, yeah, I'm concerned with what you're showing every Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just – don't know how long Georgia Tech fans are going to be okay with losing to Georgia 50-10. to 10. <laughs> The way you said it, yeah, but you're right, though. You're right. I, uh, mean, I mean, give Paul Johnson credit for that. At least when Paul Johnson he was could, the coach He could beat Georgia him Tech, every now and then, he, yeah. would, he would win some football games. He'd beat mm-hmm. Georgia and Athens twice. No, you're right. I can't get mad at that. You're right. So, I mean, uh, I feel like 
this year, you need to see that step forward. If not, I think that that seat's going to start getting warm for Jeff Collins because I've spoken about this before. I think the whole in-brotherhood thing like you had with Dan Quinn, the whole 404, the culture, works when you're on an upward trajectory. But Mm -hmm. as soon as things start going sideways, people are going to get real sick of hearing hashtag 404, the culture, and you being all peppy and and upbeat. I think – Nah, don't nobody care about that, I I think it might start great non-fans. All right, quickly here, Cam, breakout star for you in 2021. Breakout star. Man. Someone you think could take that. You, you know he's good. You think he's going to be really good, but the country doesn't know how good he is. The country? Whew. Okay. Um, matter of fact, okay, the country knows how good Spencer Rattler is. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'll probably have to go Bryce Young. That's fair. Uh, it's, uh, I would probably have to go Bryce Young because of the simple fact he sat behind Mac Jones, who had a Heisman year last year. He just had, you know, yeah. that dude. Devontae Smith, but I go Bryce Young. I think he's going to be really good, man. I'm he can't enter the draft this year because he's a sophomore, true sophomore. But he's gonna be really good. And you're gonna see that week one against Miami. Yeah, I think I have three that I'm kind of teetering on. They're actually all from the state of Louisiana. Maybe I just got stuck there, but you have two that play for the same team. I think mm-hmm. Max Johnson for LSU has a chance to really step up. Uh Kayshawn Butte, mm-hmm. the wide receiver. I think he set the record for receiving yards in a single game against Ole Miss. I think he had over 300 yards in that game. I'll have to double-check that. Uh, but Keishon Butte for me. And then Levi Lewis, the quarterback for Louisiana, lost his top two rushers, only lost one game last year, and coming in here to this season gets a really marquee spotlight game against Texas to start the season. I'm looking at Levi Lewis out of Louisiana as someone a lot of people are going to know his name because he's been a really good quarterback for a while now. Levi Lewis. I, I, I'm probably going to stick with Bryce Young. I could go DJ Uga Lele. Let's go over it. Uwe Unga Lele. Unga Lele. Uwe Unga Lele. I got to get that right because he's going to be a star one day, and I hope we can talk about him for a long time. But you could go him – a, um, listen, if you start projecting out, there's a chance he might be the, the Falcons quarterback one day. I hope we're never that bad. <laughs> I hope we're never that bad again to get him. But, I mean, you might be right, but I hope we're never that bad. I hope not. But, man, I mean, it's some nice players in college football in general. You could go JT Daniels. You could go um, – here's another guy, Kendall Milton. Yeah, okay, I just want to make sure I was about. correct. His final game of the year last year, mm-hmm. Keishon Boutte had 308 yards receiving. And who did they play? Mississippi. Ole Miss. Yeah. <sighs> 308 receiving yards. I don't care if you played air. That's hard to do. You're right. You're that's right. three full football fields in receiving yards. You're, you're go right. Go along with three touchdowns. I so. give you that. Give, give me my man, Keishon Butte. We got more to come here on second down. We'll come back. Final segment next. Big show coming up today on 3 and Out. The guys will be joined by home team Brandon Lee from 680 The Fan. Talk some Falcons with him. What were his thoughts from the Josh Rosen-Felipe Franks battle for that backup job? Also, talk college football. 680 is the home flagship station for Georgia Tech football. Of course, he does his show every day uh, with Georgia Tech legend Joe Ham. So we'll catch up with home team Brandon Lee coming up at 3.30. Uh, in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll catch up with Jake Roos from On3.com previewing Georgia and Clemson. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, sticking with that same theme, we'll catch up with a couple of greats from both sides of the Duke-Mayo kickoff classic. Rennie Moore, former Camden County Wildcat, 
former Clemson Tiger defensive lineman and former NFL defensive lineman will join the show coming up at 5 o'clock. And then at 5.20, uh, Georgia great Orson Charles will join the show. So we'll get kind of both sides of that rivalry coming up on 3 and Out. Really looking forward to it. If you miss any portion of our show today, you can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or ESPNCoastal.com. For Cam Urshry, I am Christian Gokel. Really appreciate everyone hanging out with us today. B.J. Bennett and Kevin Thomas coming up next on 3 and Out. If you want to take us with you, head to ESPNCoastal.com, click on the Listen live stream, and we will talk to everyone tomorrow.